Hello and welcome to the Afterburners podcast. I'm your host Samuel Oni and this is episode 23. With me is Wes Spearman. Wes, how are you today? Yeah, pretty good. As a busy day working on the uh, Paralympics. <laughs> well, literally only just finished about 10 minutes ago. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Now, um, it's, well, racing returned after three weeks. We were expecting wow. to be watching. <laughs> you say racing return, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Racing kind of returned. In quotation marks, returned. Yes, yes, yes. Um, however, it wasn't to be as uh, it was raining heavily in Belgium at Spa. And um, it was raining so bad that even BBC had to wait three hours until, you know, what could have happened. So, well, Wes, there was no racing. And uh, what, what what's your thoughts on that? Well, I've, I think the decision not to race, as in to sort of not have any green flag racing at all, was the right one because we don't want another... I mean, we saw on the saturday i think it was when w series were racing there was this awful like yeah. three four car pileup at um at and radion six car pileup yeah six, six cars yeah, and then also later on that day we had norris's high speed crash as well at radion as well into the barriers similar to where antoine hubert lost his life a couple of years ago yeah um, i think it was pretty close to two years to the day that hubert lost his life as well um, 31st so, of August, yeah, 30, I believe. 31st of August. So, yeah, yesterday, as, as we're recording this um, on the 1st of September. So, I think that that probably played a part in the stewards and Michael Massey deciding just to try and keep pers- well, sort of pushing back the race to, tr- to try and get some sort of race at the end of the day before, the, the, before it got too dark. But I think. On the whole, it, it was the right decision not to have any full speed racing because there, you just could not see a thing at all. Um, of course. I mean, Max was saying, oh, yeah, it's all right. But then he's at the front of the pack. If you're someone like, like one of the Ferraris, for example, Bottas starting in 13th, um, well, even at the back of the pack, <laughs> you, you just would not be able to see a thing at all. And yeah, the cars have the, the, the flashing red lights on the back for when they're out of, I think it's out of ERS or out of electrical energy or something like that. And also they flash in the rain as well, just to give some sort of um, idea as to where the car is ahead of, ahead of the driver behind. But you couldn't even see that. (laughs) That's how wet it was at Spa. And I think a lot of people think going into the weekend, Oh, a bit of rain at, at Spa. It was a wet qualifying session. Um, Russell P2, I'm sure we'll get onto that a bit later. Um, but oh, we could have a, a wet Brilliant. race. <laughs> could have a Brilliant. wet race, could spice up the championship a little bit, but it, it was it was just far, far too wet for yeah. any racing. And it's a good job it didn't because, as I said, not just the, the crashes that we had earlier on in the race weekend, but we don't want, I think it was Spa 1998, where about half the grid was taken out within the first couple of corners. And then... They had to essentially restart the race a few hours later. And even then, there were just so many accidents and crashes and drivers being forced to retire. Mm. Um, I think it was the one where 
David Coulthard was going slightly uh, slowly on one of the straights. Then Michael Schumacher racing behind and going full speed, couldn't see, and then smacked into the back of him. And both of the both drivers had to retire. Yeah, going now, off on a bit of a tangent, but yeah, right, right decision <laughs> not to race. Yeah, of course. Now, the biggest issue about Spa, I'm sure everybody knows, is Orouge and Radleon. And again, as seen in the W Series, both corners, well, straights, I should say, they were called into question. Now, how dangerous are those corners, as we all know, watching it in F1? I don't know if, are they really corners? I mean, they don't, the drivers don't lift at all in the dry. It's just flat out down, down over Rouge, in the left-handed over Rouge, and then up the hill again oh, yeah. um, into Radion. And in the wet, that is just becomes so, so slippery because there's probably a, a slight pool of water as well at the bottom of the hill because of how gravity works. So, yeah, I mean, we've seen it so many times. Um through a region radio and, and yes it, it it looks absolutely awesome when i think it was alonso on mark weber in the 2010s um alonso just coming out of the pits and then one goes round the outside of the other and it's, it just looks so 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 good looks so smooth as well i think bottas did it on Albon as well uh, uh, last year uh, you know two years ago it looks it's it's just it's a great spectacle but it is very very dangerous and and a lot of people over the course of the weekend were saying should they make changes to it should they whether barriers are sorry barriers 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 yeah some sort of i suppose just try and make the corner less dangerous if you do crash because it's one it's probably one of the fastest corners in formula one certainly in the dry yeah Um, so and to have just that potentially tyre wall at Radion, the top of Radion, where a lot of the drivers have gone off. It's where Norris crashed. It's where Hubert lost his life, where he crashed with uh, Juan Manuel Correa, where the W Series crashed as well. So to have some sort of something to slow them down before they do eventually hit the wall, something probably should be done because... You can't just go into weekend at Spa. Yes, it's a great track. We, I know we both love Spa and love drivers racing around there, but it, it, beca- it gets to a point where you feel, is that corner safe for drivers with the, with the speed these cars are going and the, the skills of the drivers? Yes, they're good, but I mean, if a, if a tyre goes or something, if you try and go full speed when on worn tyres or if there's rain and you're not sure how much grip you have, then... Yeah, something's not going to end well and it usually is a, a driver crashing and obviously in the case of Hubert and very very sadly being killed and again we've seen it before with um, Bianchi I know it was at Suzuka but again in in the wet I know that was a bit of a different circumstance when they had a, a tractor on the circuit but you don't want to see fatalities in well, in any sport not just F1 so yeah. and you don't want to see drivers being injured obviously Norris went to hospital after yeah. after his crash in qualifying um, and some of the W series drivers did as well and you don't want to see that at all so whether something will be done for next year I, I don't know but I think just for the safety of the drivers something 
needs to be done, whether they try and slow the corner down like they've done at Imola, for example, where they put in um, chicanes on what was basically a, a continuous sort of straight um, after Senna was killed. They've tried to slow the track down. So whether they'll think about doing that somehow at Spa or whether, whether they'll just have some sort of runoff whether it be gravel, whether it be like the the, touch, the sort of coloured strips we see at Paul Ricard, whether it's just grass. Yeah, some, something should really be done, in my opinion, just to try and make it safer, if any, whether, whether it's in the dry or, or whether it's in the wet. Yeah, yeah, agree, agreed. And um, as uh, the Grand Prix was delayed, meaning no racing for a while, uh, we especially on the BBC radio with Jack Nichols. I thought him and the team were quite good, um, keeping us entertained. It was it was quite nice to quite nice to know, quite nice to listen in to what drivers were doing while the race was uh, you know, trying to be resolved. You know, drivers in the paddocks drinking tea, eating or stuff like that. Um and I believe uh I think someone ordered sausages. I, I didn't quite yeah. <laughs> remember who it was. Yeah, Pierre Gasly, I think, came over the radio. and his, I can't remember what his team said, but I think Gasly said he wanted some sausages or something like that. Um, and then also also some lights for the track because it was getting dark. <laughs> but yeah, we had, there was just loads. I mean, if tuned in over on, well, on Twitter, really, for, <laughs> for the, race, the race on Sunday, then you saw... Was it Sebastian Vettel and one of the Aston Martin mechanics playing football with Mick Schumacher and a Haas mechanic oh. in the garage? There was Lando Norris sleeping, Daniel Ricciardo trying to do a Mexican wave with the crowd <laughs> to try and keep them <laughs> entertained. Um, another one I saw was Ricciardo sort of trying this wrestling move on one of his engineers who was sitting down. Oh, really? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there was just loads of just weird things that the drivers did just to keep themselves entertained because yeah i mean as, as you know and some of our listeners may know that i play cricket so whenever there's a rain delay you just got to try and keep yourself entertained whether it be yourself. changing room yeah. changing room cricket <laughs> a bit of that um, yeah yeah the, the driver yeah i mean sleeping is probably i'm with lando norris i'd probably just to go and have a nap as well to be yeah honest. i think if you know if you know yeah. If you know you're not going to be racing for a while, then why not? <laughs> Have a little sleep, wake up, feeling refreshed, ready and raring to go. But I, yeah. I, I would have gone with Gasly's, but some sausages would have been quite nice. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, food, food is always quite nice. And, uh, well, when Michael Massey and the team decided to, you know, resolve the race issue, well, it was uh, two laps behind the safety car in heavy rain and the first ever introduction of half points half points for drivers in the top 10 now two laps behind the safety car did you know it would be the sh- this would then lead to the short being the shortest ever race in f1 history well i mean I can't remember what the record was before that. It was the record was Australia um, or something. Yeah, the record was 1998 Australia, I think. Yeah, Australia Grand Prix. I Mm. think it was three minutes twenty-seven. That can't have been it. That must have been three minutes twenty. Must have been Spa. 
this year. Yeah. Australia got through, a, I think, a decent amount of that. I think it was... A oh, maybe like 20, 20 minutes 20 laps, or something. Something yeah. like that, yeah. Sorry, um, my bad. But, wow, can you call it a race at <laughs> Spa, really? If, surely, if you're not allowed to overtake... I almost then... thought it was a warm-up lap. <laughs> well, I, think, I think it sort of was in the end, because what I heard and saw from the... BBC, I was listening into the radio as well on my trip home from Newcastle. And I saw on the BBC Sport app, oh, the drivers all get going at, what was it, about quarter past six or quarter past five? And they say, oh, yeah, they'll, they'll do a couple laps behind the safety car, report back to Massey, the stewards, about the conditions, whether it's they feel it's okay to go racing. Um, and then they'll try and do something after that. But obviously, as we know now, the conditions were just way too poor for any racing to get underway. But can they really award points for something like that? I mean... I probably don't think they should have no. awarded points, to be honest. No. No, de- definitely not, because it's, it's just not a race. It's just not racing. It's, if you can't overtake, how is it a race? It's not competitive. Just driving behind a safety car, keeping your position, keeping your deltas and stuff. <laughs> you can't award points for that. A procession behind the safety car, just to make sure it's safe to go out. It's like a formation lap. It was a couple of yeah. formation laps sort of how can you award points for that i mean at the end of the day yes it's half points it's not like verstappen's getting 25 points and reclaimed the lead of the, of the championship but he's still getting was it 17 and a half for two laps driving a 12 and a half less, yeah 12 and a half oh yeah yeah my maths is completely wrong there. <laughs> 12 and a half points for driving probably less than 100 mile an hour behind a safety car with no competition whatsoever. That's just completely wrong of Formula One and the FIA to award points for that. If anything, award points off qualifying, I would have been more okay with. But, I mean, I I suppose at the end of the the day, that's sort of what they did. But to call it a race and be like, oh yeah, that's a race, two laps behind the safety car, can't overtake, is some points. It's just, no, that's wrong. Completely wrong in my eyes. I think maybe... No, not maybe. They should have probably classed it as null and void. Yeah, 100%. Or... 100% agree with you. In, in the most unlikeliest of things, uh, you know, move it for another date, but that would mean rejuggling the whole F1 calendar. But yeah, classing, classing it null and void, as in no race, would should have probably been the way to go. Yeah, definitely, because as, as I've said obviously a few times this episode, it was two wets a race. The drivers were saying, I think a few of them said, well, the conditions at the start were actually better than what they actually ended up driving in at, at, at the end. Um, and yet they still didn't go racing when the conditions were at their supposed best. So yeah, they, they should have just nullified it, null and void, as you say, no points for the weekend, scrap the race. Yeah, call it off. Make sure everyone's safe. There's no more crashes. Give the fans yeah. a refund as well. Another main thing, I think Hamilton said that as well, because to have two laps behind a safety car and points awarded, affecting the championship essentially is is just I think Hamilton called it and Alonso called it a, a farce because that's exactly what it was. It just it's just completely completely wrong of all the one and the FIA to to give points for it. Call it a race and. 
I mean, hopefully the fans get some sort of refund. Hope, well, hopefully yeah. a full refund for that because tickets mm. aren't cheap. They're not. Imagine the all those people sitting there outside on the stands in the rain. That's... I mean, fair play to them for staying that yeah. long. Because I'm not sure I would have done. Yeah. <laughs> Just hours and hours of... I mean, there's not there's not re- any real shelter either. No. Because it's sort of in the woods, isn't it? So yeah. <laughs> you just what? sat there with your tent or with your umbrella or and your, and your deck chair on, on the hill at the source or something. And just the only entertainment you got is maybe some shots on the TV screens of the drivers playing football like Vessel <laughs> and Schumacher yeah. or something. Or Ricardo trying to do a Mexican wave if you if that's the only entertainment you've got plus whatever yeah. you listen to on the radio as well then it's yeah you're just not saying you're not getting your money's worth at all at yeah. the end of the day so exactly. I, I mean the Formula One released a statement earlier on on Twitter saying that they'll look for some sort of solution and for me they, there is, is no other solution there can be than giving the fans a full refund or maybe to sort of defer their tickets for next year's race that could That's also a be a solution, but yeah, because I think the, the the cheapest tickets you could get were something like a hundred euros, which off the top of my head is around about eighty or ninety pounds, which again isn't isn't cheap. If if you're coming from the UK as well, you've got to factor in transport accommodation to get there as well. So, which again obviously won't be cheap. So, the, the, yeah, the fans need need their money back for sure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one more thing before we move on to the Dutch Grand Prix. I want to talk about George Russell in the Williams. Can we just talk about his um, <laughs> qualifying lap, please? Because, uh, well, Toto, Toto Wolf, please, if you're listening, <laughs> sign George Russell. I know, just announce it already. Like, please. <laughs> it's just so, so good. Because I, w- I watched the um, highlights back. Um, Saturday, Saturday evening, and it's the way he drove and Latifi as well. To be fair, they were they were first yeah. and second in Q one at one yeah. point um, on the inters when everyone else had gone out on the wet. Just ridiculous scenes. I think Norris was on pole as well at one point. Yeah, um, it was. Yeah, but for, for oh, it's a Williams for crying out loud. It's the second Williams worst car. car. It's the second worst car on the grid, and George Russell has got it into P two. Yes, it's in the wet, which does change things up a bit, but he's beaten Lewis Hamilton, seven-time world champion. He's beaten one of the best three, drivers in the he's, rain. He's beaten three world champions yeah. to P2, including well, Fernando four, four Alonso. World, four world champions. You've got oh, Hamilton, oh. Vettel, Alonso, and Raikkonen. Oh, no, Raikkonen's four. in an Alfa Romeo. It's not really competitive. Yeah. But he was only three tenths off Verstappen as well. Stephen got pole in his last lap, gone, yeah, just 0.3 of a second. That's all. So it's, I mean, it's just an incredible lap from Russell. And yeah, he's, he's I suppose he's known a bit as Mr. Saturday. He, he puts in a, a stellar qualifying lap, but then doesn't quite hold on to it in the race. But right, quick weekend, question because they couldn't overtake. I'm going to yeah. test you. When was the last time Williams got a podium? Oh, in Formula One, Ooh. just the um, year, and I'll give you an extra point if you can guess the the race or the Ooh. Grand Prix. I think it's got to be before 2016 when Williams were actually sort of competitive. <laughs> I 
I think I remember seeing it, but I'm not sure. Is it was it twenty? All right, all right, all right. I think it was Monza. Was it Monza? It was Monza. I think it was Monza, yeah. Monza. Is it 2014? With Bottas. Yes. I think it's a complete guess. <laughs> was that was that in qualified or in the race? I think, that would have been I a, think yeah, it was in the, ra- in the race. Yeah. 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 It it rings a bell. Mm. 2014 about yeah <laughs> we'll have to look at, uh, have to double check after we finish yeah <laughs> but um yeah great effort from george russell and uh okay one more thing before we move on to dutch grand prix predict your 2022 drivers lineup so mercedes red bull ferrari etc etc mm. yeah i think it was wtf1 put out a tweet didn't they because obviously drivers of well certain drivers on the grid already have um, sort of a contract for next year. So I think both Haas drivers are in contract for, for next year as well. Um, yep. I think is Hamilton in contract or I'm not I think sure. he's on a one-year contract. I can't remember what they put out. He's um, on a one-year contract. So wait, you go first because I need to find my tweets. I can't remember. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, now? I think you put it I'm going to find my chat. I'm going to find my tweet as well, but uh, I did say Hamilton. Right. Here we go. I think we both went Hamilton if he, well, yeah. providing he's he's out of contract at the end of this year. We both went Hamilton, I know that. Right then. I think we both Mercedes- went the same Mercedes drivers actually. Yeah, right. Mercedes. Lewis Hamilton and George Russell for 2022. Red Bull Racing, Verstappen and Perez. Perez signed a new contracts. Yeah. McLaren, Norris and Ricardo. Aston Martin, Sebastian Vettel and Lance Stroll. I I couldn't really see anyone up. No. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, Stroll's out of contract, but he's not going anywhere, is he? Let's <laughs> <To> be real. <laughs> no. Alpine, Esteban Ocon and Fernando Alonso. Ferrari, Charlotte, Carlos Sainz. Right. This is Aston where things Martin. get interesting. Sort of the, the yeah, it does, yeah. AlphaTauri. Pierre Gasly is staying. Yeah. However, Alex Albon comes in he comes for back. Yuki Tsunoda. Yeah, he comes back, replacing Yuki Tsunoda. My reason, purely because, um, I don't know, maybe being a bit harsh, but Yuki Tsunoda hasn't lived up to well his expect well his performances haven't been great it's yeah. only, he, had, he had a decent start only... he got points in his first race but well, right, i don't yeah. really remember him doing anything after that or doing no. much after that to be honest i mean he he's been finishing and starting towards the back of the grid like 16th 17th so that's that's my reason for bringing back Alex Albon. So and Albon has been doing quite well in the DTM series. Yeah, I think he won a race in DTM. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that. Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo. Valtteri Bottas. Valtteri Bottas. I think he he will stay in Formula One. He will stay in Formula One, but go yeah. to uh, Alfa Romeo, and uh, he will partner. Antonio Giovinazzi. Uh, so Giovinazzi will be the second driver. So which means uh, Kimi Raikkonen retired. Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> it's just a prediction. Well, he's, he's not. He's not on the. He's not in. He's not yeah, going to waste he's the not Williams, is he? <laughs> nope. And uh, in brackets, I've also put 
um, Mick Schumacher to be at Alfa Romeo in 20, 2023. I, I think um, two two years at Haas will probably get him get him into grips with the car, get him settled into F1, and really really push, really push. So yeah, that's that. Then Haas, as we've said, Mick Schumacher and Nikita Mazepin, and uh, Williams, Nicholas Latifi, and Jack Aiken. Is that how you say it? Yeah, eight can I can one of one of those. Yeah, I'm just thinking. Are you reading my tweet? Because that sounds awful. <laughs> we we both pick very similar yeah, driver I, lineups. I think I think there's one or two changes between us, but they are yeah, very very similar. Very. I change. I I admit I did change it a bit. <laughs> I did change. I was going to say bit. that that's that's not the tweet you sent me. <laughs> no, no, I did I did change it a bit because originally I put. Um, for Alfa Romeo, I thought uh, Raikkonen and Gasly were going to stay. Raikkonen and Gasly, Raikkonen <laughs> and Giovinazzi were going to stay together. But I thought Raikkonen is kind of getting old now, 42, 43. I mean, no disrespect, but yeah. yeah so, give someone else a go, sort of time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Go on. Give us, give us your. Right. Um, yeah. As I said, a lot of this will be very similar um so mercedes i've gone hamilton and russell as well i just don't see bottas sort of keeping that seat after the performances russell has put in this photo announce russell please <laughs> announce it <laughs> <laughs> um red bull obviously you got verstappen and perez both in contract mclaren norris and ricardo as well both in contract um aston martin vettel stroll again vettel's in contract stroll isn't going anywhere at all um alpine ocon alonso Again, both of those are in contract. Same with Ferrari, Leclerc, and Sainz. Um, Alpha Tari, I've kept the same driver lineup of Pierre Gasly and Yuki Sonoda. I don't think Alpha Tari will drop Sonoda. Yes, he's had a, a mixed year. Um, I think it'll be fairly safe to say, but I don't think they'll drop a driver. I mean, he's only what 20 years old for that, so I think he's definitely some someone that Red Bull are perhaps looking to develop over a few years and then. Um, I think when Perez goes, if, well, if if and when Perez goes, then Gasly will jump up to Red Bull and then Sonoda will become the number one driver for Alpha Tower for maybe another couple of years. And then maybe bring in someone like Alex Albon back, perhaps, or another... Schwartzman. Or, or someone else. Yeah, Schwartzman, someone else in the Red Bull Driver Academy um, to jump him into F1 in maybe four or five years. Alfa Romeo. I think Alfa Romeo is probably one of the more interesting sort of teams for this driver lineup next year because I've gone Valtteri Bottas for Alfa Romeo and a bit of a change from Mercedes Power to Ferrari Power and essentially a Ferrari Junior team. And I was struggling with the second driver because I have heard rumours that Raikkonen is retiring at the end of the year and plans to announce it on Monza. Those are, those are only rumours that I've heard and seen on social media, so who knows whether they're true. But I was thinking, well, will Giovinazzi stay in F1? Will Alfa Romeo keep him? Or will they move Mick Schumacher up from Haas to Alfa Romeo after just one year and then maybe bring in Callum Eilat into Haas? Ooh. Or do they keep, or Haas keep Schumacher and Mazepin as, as they're, they're, I think they're in, both in contract? And does Callum Eilat come straight into Alfa Romeo to replace... Raikkonen and Orgy of an Atsim, does Bottas not have a 
place on the grid. <laughs> so, but I think there's a lot of speculation about which drivers are going to be racing for Alfa Romeo in, in 2022. But I think Bottas deserves to be an F1 because, yes, he's been second driver to Hamilton, but Hamilton's one of the greatest of all time. I don't think many people will argue with that. Um, I think Bottas is still a quality driver, not on the level of Hamilton, but still good enough to have a, a, a career in F1. I don't think he deserves to be dropped at all because that's why there, there are worse drivers than Bottas currently in Formula One. Namely, say, Latifi, Mazepin. <laughs> say, say that Bottas does get a seat in Alfa Romeo. In a race, where could you see him finishing highest? Um, I reckon he could be pushing for top 10s. I reckon Bottas. Top 15, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. But if there's a bit of rain around, um, then maybe top 10 or someone, it's one of the big three, has a, has a poor weekend, then maybe Bottas could sneak a, a, a few points for Alfa Romeo. That's the way I see it. I don't think I've said who's going to be Bottas's number two in 2022. <laughs> but I've, I've gone exactly the same as you, Bottas and Giovinazzi mm. um, for Alfa Romeo, with also um, the sort of caveat that Mick Schumacher will move up into one of the Alfa Romeo seats in 2023. Um, future yeah, Ferrari a, driver. Future Ferrari driver, 100%. Um, now, just ra- rounding off the grid, Harsh, Schumacher, Mazepin, um, as I said, both those in contracts, and then Williams. Um, again, I did have a little think about, well, could, I mean, Latifi will stay, I'm fairly sure about that, but then who could be the number two driver? Could it be someone like Nick DeFries, for example? Ooh. Is he going to mm. make the move from Formula E where he's just won the championship? Remember, just become former e, Formula E world champion. But then or his EQ that, team are leaving. That's a good point. Yeah, Mercedes EQ are leaving at the end of next year, 2022. Um, so maybe we could see that in, in a couple of years. But I've gone for Jack Aitken, same as you, because um, I think he's one of their sort of academy drivers. Um, I could have, I was thinking about, oh, do I go Roy Nassani, who's their test driver? But I'm not sure. I think Aitken raced for them where I think it was Sakir when Russell moved up to Mercedes because Hamilton tested positive COVID and then just as all sorts of driver changes in Bahrain last year. Last year was it last year? It was last year, yeah. Um yeah, I think it's just great to have another British driver on the grid, Jack Aiken. Um yep. he did okay. Is he in the F one game? Aiken. Um he might be as an F2 or F3. I can't remember which formula he's racing for, Jack Aitken. I think it's F2. I've got no idea which team oh. <laughs> in F2. Um, but yeah, he's been sort of a Williams Mercedes Academy driver, I think. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, raced in Sakir, was doing okay. And then uh, I think sort of not one of the curbs or the barriers knocked his front wing off and then had to retire. Um, I think it'd be good to see Jack Aitken in Formula One because I think he's a good driver. Um, I, I don't see Nick DeFries coming over from Formula E into F1. And to be honest, I don't really know who else Williams and Mercedes have have, have got in their sort of academy <laughs> setup. Yeah, so I don't know. I either. couldn't really think of anyone else besides besides Jack Aitken. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's that's about that. And now we move on to the Dutch Grand Prix this weekend. Welcome, Zandvoort. I think, so yeah, just, just a few facts about Zandvoort. The first Grand Prix was in 1952, 72 laps with a race length of 4.259. 
kilometers and a race distance of 306, 306.648 kilometers. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see Sam Thorpe on the grid, finally. Um, it wasn't it wasn't there last year. I think it was postponed. Yeah, yeah postponed last year. So, and it can only mean one thing, Max Verstappen. <laughs> Yeah. A sea of the, orange. The flying Dutchman. Flying Dutchman. Yes. Flying Dutchman in a sea of orange as well. That's quite apt. A sea isn't of it? orange. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, that's just going to be a great sight, isn't it? Just the stands awash with people wearing all orange. Max are wearing his usual orange cap for Red Bull. Maybe you have a, a different helmet, maybe a bright orange helmet or something yeah. <laughs> for, for his own Grand Prix. Um, the organizers, I think, have changed the speed li- speed limit signs around Zandvoort to sort of Max's stylized 33. Um, whether they've actually changed the speed limit to like 30 miles an hour or 30, 33 kilometers an hour, I don't know. Um, but it just shows how F1 mad the Netherlands is since Max got into F1 because, <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you we didn't see that over here for when for like Silverstone they didn't change oh. the speed limits to like 77 44. or 63 or 40 not yeah not 77 44 <laughs> sorry Lewis <laughs> um or four for Norris <laughs> oh yeah do you, well do you know how slow that would be yeah very slow <laughs> <laughs> just like holding the clutch up in first gear to go, oh, four yeah. Look, oh, Lando Norris is about somewhere <laughs> but I mean I don't think Italy will do that for Giovinazzi. Change theirs to ninety nine. Oh goodness! <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to Zandvoort. Um, yeah, I've heard overtaking opportunities aren't great, but it's just refreshing to have a new track on the calendar. Mm-hmm. I think rather than I think a classic track at that. Um, I've seen footage of it on the F1 games, which is obviously different to real life. But we've got the bank curve, something we haven't seen in F1 for, for a while since, I think, Indianapolis. So that'll be something I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, as for who's going to win it, I'm not too sure. I mean, mm. well, having said that, <laughs> I think it's going to be Max. <laughs> now that I've said that. Um, right, they yeah, race for Max Verstappen. Yeah, that's my... Get that out of the way already. Ma- yeah. <laughs> Max Verstappen. <laughs> but yeah, okay then. Predictions, as, as it is. Pole sitter. Well, unless Max Verstappen has like, you know, done like a quick clap behind the scenes that we don't know about, then I'm gonna say pole is very open. Lewis Hamilton, be, yeah. Verstappen, I think, Bottas. I think there's also gonna be some rain around, just to throw that out oh. there as well. There could be more rain in Zandvoort. Hopefully not as much rain as, as in Spa, but I think yeah. there will be a bit of rain around from from what I've heard. So could spice things up again this weekend. Mm. Sergio Perez for pole. Hmm. <laughs> How would that look? I reckon it looked pretty good. <laughs> really? Sergio well, Perez for pole. I, I don't know. I mean, given how, given the way he drove at Spa in the wet, if it's wet at Zandvoort, then Perez doesn't really have much hope crashing his car out on the formation map. Um, I reckon it's tricky. I think pretty much every week I've said either one of Hamilton or Verstappen. Yeah. I have. I don't I, think I've said Bottas. I haven't said Perez. Um, yeah, could be, could be George Russell on pole. You never know. <laughs> never know. I mean, after what after what he did at the weekend, I don't see why not. After what if he it's did, qualifying, it could well be. <laughs> after what he did, going P two, 
I don't see why not. Okay. Lando Norris. Just because there's another sea of orange and it's not just Max Verstappen, right? Max. Here we go. Pole sitter, Lando Norris and the McLaren. Race winner, Max Verstappen. <laughs> yeah. I'm gambling on it. Drive of the day? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Any one of the 20. <laughs> oh, all right, then. Pierre Gas- no, I'm not going Pierre Gasly. No, not Gasly? No. You know what? Vettel. Let's go Vettel. That's a good chance, Vettel. I yeah. I think he had a good qualifying as well. That's why I can't remember, can't remember where, but I think he was top five or top six for memory, I think. <laughs> he's had a pretty good oh. season. He's, yeah, Vettel. he started off a bit slow, but he's, he's caught up quick and as I just, yeah, as Estella last few races. Um, I mean, he would have got P2 in Hungary if not for insufficient fuel at the end. I still don't understand um, that one, to be honest. I, I don't. Nor do I, really. I don't, I don't see understand it. It was about half a litre short or whatever. So, I, I, yeah, I don't get why they why the effort. But rules are rules, anyway. Um, pole position. Hmm. If it's wet, then it could be different, but. I think I'm going to go Max Verstappen again. I know I've gone him and Lewis pretty much the whole time, the whole season. Same here. I think I think it will be Max. I just don't really see anyone besides Verstappen or Hamilton getting pole. If it's wet, then maybe it could be like a Lando Norris, as you said. It could be a Perez. It could be a Vettel. But I'm just not. I think Max is still a better driver in, in the rain on his home Grand Prix. He'll, he'll want to put on a performance as well. I think that will spur him on, give him a bit more confidence, motivation to get pole. Um, I think he'll get the race one as well, as, as I said earlier. Um, I t- yeah, I, I think he's got the unofficial lap record around Sandvoort as well. In like a 2013 really? spec Red Bull car a few years ago. Yeah. In a um, Toro Rosso. No, or no, was no, it an no. actual Red Bull? It was. It was in like some sort of exhibition oh. thing. Um, <clears throat> yeah, in just like an old Red Bull car. Um, so I think he's got the, the sort of unofficial lap record. I think yeah, Poland race winner Max Verstappen, driver of the day. Um, let's go for Fernando Alonso. Fernando Alonso. Why not? Push yeah. out. That's a <laughs> for, no, sen- for no real reason whatsoever. Sensible. <laughs> I would say it's a sensible one. Sensible choice. Sensible choice. But yeah, I think that brings us that brings us to the end of the another episode of the Afterburners podcast. Hopefully, uh racing in the Netherlands won't will go ahead. Hopefully it will go ahead and uh, the rain, if there's any, won't be as bad as Belgium in spa um but yeah i've been your host samuel oni and it's a goodbye goodbye from me bye-bye and it's goodbye from wes bye-bye and uh, hope you enjoy the race this weekend in the netherlands